When you use Zoom, every day is a little better. Zoom Video Communications, the web's best-reviewed video conference service, is used by millions to meet one-on-one or hundreds at a time. Zoom Video Conferencing lets you connect face-to-face with anyone across town or around the world with flawless video, clear audio, and instant sharing of files, video, anything really. And you can connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room system. Zoom Video Conferencing, Zoom Rooms, Zoom Video Webinars, and Zoom Phone puts state-of-the-art tech at your fingertips and lets you do the business at the speed of Zoom. Look, if you're not using Zoom video communications, the only question I have is why not? I'll make it super easy for you. Visit zoom.com and set up a free account today. Try the most affordable and most reliable video communication solution on the market. Meet happy with Zoom. Hi. I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio. The show for and about ambitious women exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. Before we get to our guests for today's show, I want you to take a moment and think about the early days of the blogging world, back when it was all new and Instagram wasn't even a thing yet. It seems like it was ages ago, doesn't it? But the reality is, is that if we go back about 10 or 15 years, the fashion influencers of today were only just getting their start. In that time span, we've seen a lot of them build lucrative careers, all sorts of endorsement deals. But on today's show, we're talking about someone who's done so much more than that by catapulting her social media following in her own style into a global fashion business. I'm talking about Anina Bing. Anina Bing launched her namesake brand in the summer of 2012 with a small clothing collection that became an instant success. Fast forward to today and Anina Bing has opened more than a dozen stores around the globe with more on the way. But Anina didn't plan on becoming the entrepreneur she is today. Here's how she explained it during our chat. One day I was home bored. My baby was sitting on the floor playing with her toys and I had just cleaned out my closet and I was like maybe I should put it up for sale on my blog and see the reaction you know so I put up about 100 pieces only my size and whatever I have been using myself and one hour later it was all gone that night my husband came home and I was sitting on the floor packing up all these orders uh, and he asked me what is going on here and I explained that I just sold 100 pieces within one hour and That's when the idea sparked and then I tried it again a few days later, same, everything was gone and they were, wow, maybe there's a business here. Here's our conversation. Anina, welcome to Girlboss Radio. Thank you. This is long overdue. I've been excited to chat with you for a really long time and I'm a big fan. I'm I'm a devotee. Um, I wear a lot of Anina Bing. And I love it. You've been it. wearing the white boots a lot. Wearing the white boots a lot. They look amazing and then I have, on you. Thank you. And I have, um, they're like leopard slide sandals. Mm-hmm. Oh my, the leather is just like, <laughs> they feel like the most expensive sandals in the world. Good. They're so comfortable. I start every episode with the same question, which, mm-hmm. you know, we all have a start. And so we look up to people like you. We see how much you've accomplished. But everybody has, like, their first job. And sometimes they're mm-hmm. not very glamorous. Yours may be glamorous. I have a feeling it might be. What was or your maybe f- not. What was your first job? <laughs> My first job, first, first job was actually as a cleaner. So I was cleaning bathrooms and this community center in the little village where I grew up. Uh, so not very glamorous. But... 
I had a goal early on that I wanted to save enough money to be independent and buy an apartment one day because I grew up in this little village with 8,000 people. Uh, we were five siblings and we didn't have a lot. Like my mom was a kindergarten teacher and my dad worked within medicine. So it was, you know, a very simple life and I wanted to get out in the world. So my first job was a, as a cleaner. Wow. And is there anything that today you take from that experience? Is there anything either as a manager or an entrepreneur, just even at home, obviously cleaning would be like, okay, I'm good at cleaning. But like in your career, is there anything you learned in that that's aided you even something? I think just a work ethic, you know, like if you want something bad enough, you got to work for it, right? No matter if it's saving money and do a job that you might not love, it will take you to the next step to something better, right? Yeah. And at some point you became a model. Yes. So a few li- years later, I, I think I was 14, um, 15 maybe, I I actually enjoyed being in front of the camera and I thought, why not trying to be a model? I wasn't discovered on the street, but I, I wanted it badly enough myself because I wanted to travel the world and see something more. So I saw that as a good opportunity. Was Did you enjoy it? I did. Yes and no. It was a very, you know, I was young, so going to Milan... When you're 15, you know, without parents, without knowing anybody, that was before smartphones, and you land there, you don't know the, I could barely speak English actually actually back then, uh, and I did not understand Italian, so that was hard, um, just being by your own and having to figure it all out, but it was a good experience, it really made me independent, it made me strong in some ways, and I learned a lot about people and the world. And you were also in a band? Yes, that's Kill Kill Your Darlings. (laughs) Yes. Where was that? Was that here in Los Angeles? Yes. So that was about 10 years later than my modeling days. You were a singer in a band. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this. (laughs) So ever since I was little, my whole family has been playing instrument and singing. So that was a natural thing for me. And then when I arrived, I arrived to LA in my early 20s. I met these awesome Swedish guys that played instruments. And I knew how to play guitar a little bit, and and I always sang. So that became something very important for me for a couple of years. We built this band and wrote songs together, and it was almost like therapy for me. Have you always considered yourself a creative? Yes, 100%. And today, you know, it's like it's easy, so easy to get bogged down in our businesses and Mm -hmm. management and, you know, how do you keep your creative juices flowing like what inspires you do you like where do you go for inspiration as a creative because even if as a natural creative it can Mm -hmm. be really hard to stay inspired yeah but you know I'm so lucky I am the chief creative officer so my daily job is to be creative you know I work with my creative my design team I sit with my creative director and create all the content for the brand and so that is my job is to be creative and of course I have a few other tasks too but um I really just get inspired by being at my office with my awesome team, traveling the world, going to flea markets, watching movies, looking in books. What's the best flea market in Los Angeles? I think the Rose Bowl is very overwhelming if you don't know what you're looking for. But for me, who's who lived in LA for 15 years, I love coming there. There's so much inspiration. So you're also an influencer you're kind of an early influencer and blogger and there's a lot of influencers who launch their own businesses mm-hmm. you were one of the first to turn your social media following to a business and but before that you had a blog how did you go about growing your blog why did you want to start a blog and tell me about that experience yeah so i started the blog very early on in sweden where i grew up i'm danish but i grew up in sweden um 
a lot of girls were ahead of time. I think we started blogging almost, I don't know, 15, maybe more than 15 years ago. Um, so for me, you know, I was traveling. For me, it was a way to report back to friends and family, but also to inspire women there. You know, the clothes I was wearing, what I experienced here in Los Angeles and the other countries I, I traveled to. I'm surprised we didn't meet. So um, do you know Matthias? From Blog Lovin', was that his name? The Blog Lovin' people, so they're familiar. Swedish. There yes. was a name now, Carolina. She was a blogger in Sweden. Mm-hmm. I feel like I knew some Swedish bloggers yeah. in like 2007 yeah. or something, which is exactly. probably when you were getting started. Yeah. yeah, so it was just a way to express myself, and I love taking photos. I loved creating content. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a blog anymore. I stopped a few years ago, but it was a great tool and a great way to kickstart the business. And so what what did you learn from blogging was, I mean, in terms of photography or like building a community or like what were the things, the foundational things in blogging that you think might have helped you with what you're doing today with your business? 100% building community. That is, you know, everything when you start a business, you need to reach out to a community. So that was very important. I understood the power of, of social media. You know, when I was wearing something, could it be something from a flea market or another brand? I knew when I was wearing it, people wanted it, you know? So I saw that connection that, okay, there must be some kind of business here. And now it's it's really hard. It's harder to build an audience on Instagram, and people have to pay a lot of money to promote their products on Instagram. What have you learned in terms of building an audience on Instagram, and how much has how much of an impact has that made on your business? Instagram has been... I almost want to say everything, you know, because we started so early before all the businesses used Instagram as a tool. And when I launched my business 2012, that was my only marketing tool. So it's been super important and still today it's it's very important. And and it's such a I know a lot of brands now pay people to wear the brand. We haven't still done that till today because I believe in I want the women who wear the brand to wear it because they love it, not because we pay them. So tell me about starting your brand. How did you get the idea to start Anina Bing? And how did you go about starting your, you know, launching your first products? It all happened very organically. I had just become a mom a year earlier and I had my blog and I blogged about my lifestyle, my clothing, my life as a mom. And then people always wanted what I was wearing. So one day I was home bored. <laughs> my baby was sitting on the floor um, playing with her toys and I had just cleaned out my closet um, and I was like maybe I should put it up for sale on my blog and see what people think you know so I put up about 100 pieces only my size and whatever I have been using myself and one hour later it was all gone and that night my husband came home and I was sitting on the floor packing up all these orders uh, and he asked me what is going on here and I explained that I just sold 100 pieces within one hour and that's when the idea sparked and then I tried it again a few days later same everything was gone and they were like wow maybe there's a business here and he has a background in production yes very so, convenient so you, yeah right <laughs> so how would you describe the Anina Bing style the Anina Bing style is very effortless I always say it's for the modern woman who's on the go she might drop off her kids in the morning go off to a board meeting and then go out to dinner at night and you don't have time to change 10 times a day right so I'm creating these basic pieces that goes very well together a uniform that you can live your life and just feel your best in 
It does feel like a uniform. I think that's a really good way to describe it mm. because it's not like, oh, a stale uniform. You know, I've worn uniforms at jobs before. I wore this yeah. <laughs> Subway sandwich polo shirt. Um, but it is a really kind of modular collection where you can throw on a pair of jeans and a camisole or a T-shirt or one of your sweaters and it all feels like it can, you know, you don't have to think too hard about it. Exactly. It all goes very well together. We have something called the Classics Collection, which has like the blazer, the perfect jeans, the perfect white t-shirt, blouse. And then we spice it up with new weekly drops. But what I make sure when I design that all the pieces go well well together. So when you travel, you can you don't have to overpack. You pack a few pieces and then you can mix and match them different ways. I think that's hard to do because, you know, you're dropping weekly, you're designing monthly. It's really easy to go down the trap of like everything has to be novel. Everything turns into like Gucci with patches on it or what. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so you got started and what were your first styles? So it was two pairs of denim or a couple of pairs of denim, denim uh, t-shirts, a leather jacket or two. And then early on came the boots as well. And I just like started very simple but with those key pieces that I think all women should have in their closet. And how did it do? It did well you know and back to what we talked about earlier I had the community already built up which was so important because I didn't tell anybody about this business I just did it secretly and then the day we went live that's when I made a blog post I just started my brand come and check it out and and it sold from day one. So you, when you did that, were you like, we're starting a business, let's start a business, or was it like, let's just see what happens, we can make a little bit of money selling, you know, because a lot of us start really small and then never imagine that we would have, what, you have 10 stores? 15 soon, in a, in oh a couple my of weeks, God. we 15. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's like there's no information that's updated quickly no. enough <laughs> to keep track of your incredible growth. Um, was your, you know, was your expectation to become a business that would raise $15 million from venture capitalists and have... I don't know how many employees. 45 was the last number I, I had. I'm, I'm sure it's more now. We have about 70 in the office and with the, all the stores, more than 100. So. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. So I think that, that kind of explains it. But was that, is, did you ever expect that? No. When we started, we actually started down the road here in Silver Lake in a little garage. And I had no idea how big this would be, you know. Um, but it was also good because I wasn't prepared for, you know, so I, I, as a person, I'm such a creative person. I, I needed to learn as we went, you know, with the business. So I'm happy it started out of the garage and I could slowly grow into the role as, you know, leading this company yeah. together with my husband. Um, yeah. Hiring can be a challenge. That's something Gretchen Hebner, the co-founder of Codable, recently discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy. So she went to ZipRecruiter, because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates fast. When Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter, she quickly found qualified applicants by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates so she could focus on the best ones. Less than two weeks later, Gretchen found a new game artist for her company. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash girlboss. That's ziprecruiter.com slash G-I-R-L-B-O-S-S, ziprecruiter.com slash girlboss. ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire.
So what is it like to walk into an Anina Bing store? When women walk into an Anina Bing store, I really want them to feel comfortable. I hate when people are like too on or ignoring you, you know, so that's that fine balance. And I want them to experience a brand. It almost feels like walking into my home. We have similar furnitures, the vintage Turkish rugs. Um, it smells like it doesn't my, uh, my my house. Um, so it's a very personal experience. And and I just want them to feel inspired and not the pressure that they have to buy anything because they walk in and, and just experience and feeling the clothes in person. So growing that quickly comes with growing pains mm -hmm. which you know you can often they're hard to anticipate what kind of growing pains like unexpected growing pains have you had because I think they're all pretty similar across a lot of businesses but where have you kind of hit walls and been like geez I never really anticipated this would be so hard I think it's hard growing a team building a team that's very difficult I think but when you nail it it's amazing because you know the people around you in your everyday life in the office it's so important they all work well together and and have the same vision. Um, but there's growing pains every day, you know, implementing new systems uh, to when productions arrive and it's all off. And there's so many little things, uh, but I think it's like growing a team that has been difficult, but now we're finally in a good place. How do you go about hiring creatives and designers? You know, because they have to understand, there's technical things that mm -hmm. they have to understand that as a designer, you know, you may not understand completely. Like, what do you look for when you're hiring creatives? First of all, for me, it's super important with the personality that we all, because creative, you work so tightly together. It's, and then the need to understand the aesthetic and the brand, right? You can hire a super amazing designer, but she doesn't get the Anina Bing aesthetic and then it's not the right thing. So... When we hire creatives, I meet with them all myself um, to make sure there's a good connection and to really explain what the brand is all about. Um, and for the technical, our technical designers, they really need to know because I am not a tech person, so they need to know that part, right? So it depends what role it is, but I really want a great energy and we have fun together. You know, I have such a great team and, and it feels like family almost, right? So I want everybody to be happy and work well together. And you mentioned production, and it sounds like you—you know—you you have you have advantages in production with your husband's yes. experience. But it's really hard. Super hard. It doesn't matter what expert you hire. Getting products made that look remotely like what you want them to. Yeah, it's no, just it's... they come back as like Franken shirts. Um, how do you maintain the quality of your products because they are really beautiful and your name is mm. on the brand? And I'm sure that's like sometimes really scary. It's like no, we cannot put yeah. this out into the world. And I'm so detail oriented and like so picky. So to me, quality is everything. You know, and the fit. I always try on every piece myself still today, even though we tried on fit models, because I want to make sure it feels good on the body and, and it gives that confidence that I want women to feel when they wear the brand. And so you drop styles. Every you, week. you have a collection every mm -hmm. month, but you drop styles from that collection weekly. Why yes. didn't you decide to do it that way? That was a plan from day one. Um, I think because back then I saw the impact of social media and when I was wearing something, people wanted it right away. So that's why we decided to do the see now, buy now approach. And it's working really well. Have you ever felt pressure to go do the fashion week thing and show collections in advance? And No. But you work with retailers, so you must we make do. samples. Like how far in advance do you have to show them samples? for so About six months in advance. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about why you open stores. Um. So 
everything in the business has happened organically and kind of natural. So why we wanted to open our first store back in, when was it? 2014, I believe, two years into the brand. Uh, people wanted to try on the products. They asked, how can we try and feel the products? So we invited them down to downtown to our office and, and they could try it on and buy it. Back then, we also had the warehouse in-house. Uh, and that, you know, more and more people wanted to come. And then we just uh, stumbled upon this open location on 3rd Street. And we said, why not? We, we can just try it out. Maybe it will work out. And it worked out amazing. And then let's just try in New York. That worked too. Let's do Paris. And then that way we kind of open stores all over the world. Where are you opening your next stores? San Francisco in a couple of days. Hamburg tomorrow. Um, Sydney is coming up and Miami. So international. It's yeah. so spread out. Mm -hmm. So you have two, two stores in the U.S.? Th your third is coming? We have three in New York, two in L.A., to I can't London. keep up. I thought it was LA and New York. Uh -huh, no, I so am. We, I am well researched, it's but all I, good. <laughs> I can't keep up. So you've just gotten into children's wear. Yes, so we have a little kids line. Yeah, because you have cute kids, and you probably want to dress them. You know, my right. daughter was like, "I want a leather jacket too, mom." So then we created Anina Bain Kids. Um, yeah, how is that going? It's fun. You know, it's not the main focus of the business. The Anina Bain line is what. We go full power on, but I love having, it's going really well. We sell the products, uh, but we only do a few drops here and there with little mini, mini styles, a little leather jacket, rock and roll t-shirts. What's a typical work day like for you? I spend a lot of the time with my design team, with the creative team also to talk about content, campaigns, how the e-com should look like. I also sit in in all the like the e-com e-com meetings, because to me, the creative of the e-com, of course, the technical and is super important too, but... For me, I want it to look a certain way, uh, so I'm very involved in that. I sit in the executive meetings and talk about bigger decisions for the business. Um, I, I'm in the photo shoots. Like yeah, you we, take you have to take a lot of photos. Yeah, so I'm like, where is she? She's on the street. Where's she going? <laughs> she looks so great. Does she curl her hair every day? Not every day. Okay. Sometimes I create a little bit of the content ahead of time and other. Times on the go, like a blowout every day. It's <laughs> no, like no. I'm like, why can't I? I don't do have that? time. <laughs> okay, because um, you look great in the clothes, <laughs> and you know, it's it's. I mean, how do you feel about? You know, it's a lot of. It can be a lot of pressure to have. Okay, this business is hinging on my style and me mm -hmm. and photos of me. Do you ever just kind of want to break from that? Like, hey, but that's why we started Anina being official. So we have a separate Instagram that we launched about two years ago, where I'm not on it. It's. It's the models. It's all the cool girls wearing the brand. And so I don't have to, you know, the pressure is not on me every day. Uh, and that's for the people who just want to know about the brand and don't get, give a shit about me. <laughs> but it's called Anina Bing. It's called Anina Bing, so they probably give a shit about um, it. Yeah. So you broke out the accounts. Mm -hmm. Anina Bing official and Anina Bing. Yeah. You're, in a, you're your own person. <laughs> um, what led to that decision and what do you what is different about your your feed like what do you do every day to keep it fresh mm -hmm. so for my feed i wanted that to be more lifestyle a mix of my kids of whatever i'm into right now if it's a workout a smoothie uh my travels where i wanted the business to be pure fashion pure business and so it was great to make that shift because that way i didn't have to think does this look good enough for the fish you know for the brand and so now mine is just super personal and the business account is beautiful and stunning and it's all about fashion and inspiring and all the new pieces and 
Uh, but then they can also come to my account and see how I style the pieces mm-hmm. and wear them. You know, it's been, what, seven years for you? Yeah. Has, is there anything you would do or have done differently if you could do it again? I would probably have taken a little bit more of time for myself because, as you know, when you start a company, it's full power. There's no time for self-care, work, like nothing. You know, I was working, working, working and being a mom at the same time. And that was exhausting. Um, but also, I think I wouldn't have been where I am today if if I had gone for massages and workouts and lunches. You know, I didn't do any of that for until six months ago um so i wish i would recommend i think to women out there just to make sure to take good care of themselves because otherwise you will hit the wall Mm -hmm. so you mentioned Mm self-care and that's really important something we talk about a lot on girl boss radio every everywhere at girl boss because it's so it's important it's like Mm -hmm. so easy the whole hustle culture was Mm -hmm. there a wall that you hit was there a point where you were like okay you know what no more was what was that moment about six months ago i really hit the wall i felt burned out i didn't like enjoy going into the office every day which was weird for me because I love what I'm doing um, and I started having like physical symptoms like this is you need to slow down so that's then I went to the doctor to like get all my checkups because I hadn't prioritized going to the doctor for years you know and and just making sure then I found out I was gluten intolerant and all these things that I had to change in my life I hadn't worked out for eight years uh, so I started working out two to three times a week and I was always tired and had like this brain fog so I just made a change, learned how to meditate and and really just prioritized myself. And that way I actually became a better boss, a better mom, a better wife, a better everything, you know. And and I'm still on that journey. I I still have a way to go, but I think it's super important to not forget about yourself and take eat healthy, <laughs> work out, do the basic things that I had forgotten about because yeah. I was busy. And you work with your husband. Yes. Uh, that's a you know that's a dynamic not everyone can mm-hmm. strike. Yes. Um, how do you make that work? You know, in one way it's amazing because we have built. You know, we came here from Denmark with nothing. We lived out of my friend's guest house in a valley with a, a little baby, and and we have really built something together. So that's really empowering and special, I think. On the other hand, it's been a lot of fights in the office and at home, and you know when we disagree on things. Um, but I think the bigger we have gotten the easier it's getting because now we're we're a huge team and I sit with my design team he sits with the CFO and the COO uh, so we're separate in the office um, in the beginning it was harder when it was just me and him doing everything and you have kids yes what would your advice be to working moms I think being present wherever you are so when you're in a board meeting just try to focus and be there put away the phone and don't think about the kids and when you're with your kids I at least was way much, too much on my phone when I was, so I wasn't present with my children. So now I really try to separate the two worlds, uh, but also inspire them. You know, I bring them in to the office sometimes and I also want to show them that I work hard and, and, and teach them that they can achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. An inspiring mom for sure. I think that's, I've never actually heard that advice and it's so common sense. Just like be with your kids when you're with your kids and like don't feel bad about working. No, exactly. And it's great to be able to have both. I want to let you in on the next big thing in at-home fitness. It's called tonal. So many of us prioritize cardio in our workouts, but that alone isn't enough. We all need a little bit of strength training to keep our bodies at their healthiest. 
That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Tonal. Tonal is an at-home strength training device that's like an entire gym combined with a virtual personal trainer. Tonal's adjustable arms help replicate your favorite gym machine workouts, and it has a touchscreen built in so you can get guidance from expert coaches. Not to mention, it can produce up to 200 pounds of resistance. You can try Tonal risk-free for 30 days. And if you act now as a Girl Boss Radio listener, you can get $100 off your purchase of Tonal when you use the promo code GIRLBOSS. To get started on strength training and a more complete workout, visit www.tonal.com. That's T-O-N-A-L.com and promo code GIRLBOSS. You're not a classically trained designer. No. How does this work? For, you know, because a lot of people couldn't do that. How do you work with your design team to make sure that you're executing your vision the way you want it? I know very clearly in my head what it is that I want. I explain it to them. They draw it. They make my vision come to life. And then when the samples arrive, I try it on and and make the fit comments, uh, give them direction. So I know exactly. I see it in my head before it comes to life. And... I don't think you have to be a trained designer to to succeed. Yeah. We did it nasty. I wasn't a designer, but I hired See? great designers. Yeah. When you hire great people, you don't have to be That's good at everything. That's the thing. You know, I'm not an expert within a lot of areas, so I hire the people, and I learn from them, and whatever I don't know, they will know. Mm-hmm. That's important when people can recognize, like, a lot of entrepreneurs want to be good at everything. I know, but, re- like, that's something I, th- that's the image I thought it should be like, but... I have actually landed in myself now and yeah. I'm confident enough to know. Yeah, it doesn't scale. No. It does not scale very well. So tell me about your process. Do you bring in vintage samples? Do you tear things out of magazines? How do you make sure that you guys are executing to exactly what it is that you want? How do you how do you talk to your team about that? You know, it's a mix of everything. Sometimes I wake up a morning and I had a dream about a handbag. It sounds so silly, but then I do a little rough sketch and bring it in you know before I forget about it sometimes I go to the flea markets and I find the perfect denim wash and and then bring it in and hopefully we can do something similar you know or find a vintage t-shirt that I like the hand feel of so it's many different ways um, but I'm never not inspired I would say I remember I was in a meeting with Mickey Drexler, who was the CEO at J. Crew for a really mm-hmm. long time. He let me sit in on one of his meetings, and he came in with a tag that he had pulled off a like double RL jacket because he really liked the wash. And instead of buying the sample, which I'm sure they had the money to do, he yeah. literally just ripped the tag off and like showed it to his team and said like, "Hey, go figure out what this jacket is. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what this is what I want." Which was like, wow, even at that level, it's amazing. Yeah. We're all borrowing in some way, right? Exactly. And I learned that with vintage. I watched um, a supermodel who had a collaboration with kind of a streetwear brand. This is back in, I don't know what, 2010, 20, probably mm-hmm. 2010, 2009, who was a big vintage shopper of um, Nasty Gal, bought so many pieces. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's such a huge customer. And she invited me to her show in Fashion Week. And yeah. it was my first time at Fashion Week. It was at Bryant Park. And I went and I wore like the dumbest outfit. I bought like my first pair of Alexander Wang boots. <laughs> this is like back when, you know, it was like mm-hmm. the combat boots. I think I bought them used. They were so expensive. And I watched all my vintage go down the runway. Uh-huh. Yeah. What would you say your biggest career victory is? What are you most proud of? I'm just so proud of where we are, you know, starting out of a little garage with where we came from and then now having 15 stores around the world and have built something like products that I actually 
love myself and what I wear. I only wear my own brand because I truly love the product. So I'm proud of that. And what mm, what's next for you? Hmm. <laughs> Just continue, you know. When I started, I had no idea where we were going. And same now, you know, I, I love the journey of it. And I hope we're going to continue opening more stores, hire better people who can teach me and teach my team and um, just being able to continue on this journey. So there's a couple questions I ask everybody that comes on Girlboss Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we explore here is this concept of success. That is, mm. you know, it could be, it's like a lot of people think it's money and it can be money. That mm. can be one view of success and it could be spending time with your children and not opening your phone, right? What does success mean to you right now, Anina? I think for me it is to be able to do both to be I've always wanted to become a mom so I feel so lucky that I can be a mom but also running this successful company so that's success and also to inspire other women to hopefully make them go for their goals in life um, so we have this thing called Girl Boss Moments, mm-hmm. um, which we talk about on Girl Boss Radio, and we also, you know, people can share in the Girl Boss community. A Girl Boss Moment is a time in your most recent history where you were just really proud of something. It could be a small thing, like I left work at 5 p.m. and got a facial, mm-hmm. or you know, we sold out of our amazing new jewelry line. Mm-hmm. What is your most recent Girl Boss Moment? I think the moment for me uh, was when I realized it's okay to take care of myself and I don't have to be in the office seven in the morning to be the best girl boss out there. And also recently we had an event at my one of my LA stores where we invited women for just an honest conversation because I felt, you know, with Instagram, with social media, there's this perfect picture that we all have to live up to and and we never like really go deep and talk about the real stuff. So I wanted to invite all these successful women and just talk about our struggles too. So... Um, and to open up and show, like, even though I have this company, I also have lots of struggles. And that was just a really beautiful evening, I think. Well, thank you for sharing your triumphs and your struggles with us today thank on you. Girl Boss Radio. It's been so nice to finally have a good amount of time to talk to you. So great to and finally meet you. And I'm such a fan of what you've done. Thank you. I'm a fan of Congratulations everything you have done. on everything. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Boss Radio. Thank you to Anina for coming on the show. And if you liked our conversation, you can hear more about Anina's origin story on our other podcast, In Progress. It's the second episode of our new season hosted by Aurora James. And they go deep into Anina's years as a model and singer before she became the Anina Bing we all know today. And I guess that's also a good reminder to tell you that you can always check out the other podcasts on the Girl Boss Radio family, like the new season of Lip Stories and my favorite, Mentor Memos. As always, if you like what we're doing on Girl Boss Radio, please share the podcast with your friends, leave us a rating, or even better, a review. And you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.